<laughs> I actually drove by your parents' house this morning. Well, close. I was on Westlake. Oh, yeah. It's a long story, but ended up so out there. You were by the lake, but on the wrong side of it. But on the proper end, which I never go that deep except to go to the Oh, the south end. You mean? Yes. <laughs> south end, but west. Westlake Sammamish Boulevard. Right. You say Westlake. I only think of Westlake. Yeah. You know how you call the east side the east side? Yeah. People have try, started trying to call Seattle the west side. They're like, oh, you're over on the west side? I'm like, what? That's not a thing. That's just, you're in Seattle. No, I treat it like New York. Like, New Yorkers, like, you live, like, they call it the city, right? If you live in New York City. Mm-hmm. But then when I lived in, like, D.C., I started calling D.C. just the city. So, like, right, if you live on the east side, if you live in Bellevue or something, right, this is just the city. Right. Sorry, Bellevue, you don't get that credit. But then what do you call Mercer Island? <clears throat> Mercer Island? <laughs> I'm not calling it the goddamn rock. <laughs> I know, dude, seriously. God damn it. I think about that. You are listening to a podcast, but this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Oh, this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tits. Starring the tits. Starring the Starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. Woo! The podcast, episode 105, uh, slowly ticking our way up into the hundreds. What's up with your boy, the Ted Smith? I'll be the host of this here podcast, the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. And we will have to prove that soon. To the left of me is my main man and co-host of this here podcast, Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? Shares of the podcast plummeting downward this morning, nearly 17 and a quarter points as rumors swirled over the weekend that MCTP was rubbing shoulders with big wigs in a Seahawks suite. And Ted was cuddling up to a local billionaire. Will the podcast be broken up and sold off for scrap? Will Ted become a trophy wife? We'll have the juicy deals for, details for you coming up at 8. <laughs> All right, back there on the wheels of steel. Not getting headphones for everybody. Nope. He's, he's, he's contracting that out now like a true CEO. Uh, Matt Conner, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. Well, this is interesting. I did not know Matt was uh, hanging out uh, in the suite with uh, big timers this weekend. Yep. Oh, yeah. By the way, be, so... We'll get into what happened this weekend and stuff. So the CEO is the CEO for a reason. Uh, he always has an angle to kind of sn- not sneak in, but he, he ends up at some big-time places. So I don't know if we've ever told the story on the cast, but uh, right around episode 100, we had planned the three of us were going to go to dinner, right? It's like, all right, cool. So we go up to the Space Needle. Now, the entire time, we were under the impression that MCTP has not been in the Space Needle. Right, so we go to dinner and everything. They're like, "No, Matt, you sit over there. Like, make sure you sit next to the window. Enjoy this, buddy." Cobb and I switch seats a couple times. Not a big deal. Just, just mentioning it. And then uh, I forgot, and I don't. I don't know why I never brought this up on the cast. Uh, the CEO, uh, of course. Uh, what, what would we call Mitch, the, the the founder of your company? Yeah, sure. Right? So shout out to Brett, by the way. He got to meet him this week. Nice. Uh, so, Matt, we're driving up to our buddy Joe's uh, pool party. This is like a week after the dinner. He goes, yeah, I didn't really want to kill this for you, but uh, I was sitting on top of the needle watching the Blue Angels the, the day before. <laughs> Jesus. On top. On top. Yeah. On top of the I hadn't been in the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, that's, I was on the roof. And that's part of why he's the CEO, dude. He's always right? taking stuff no. to the next level. <laughs> right? You so and I, do, there's plebeians and there's it's patricians, fun. Ted. Man. 
I feel like now, just because I've had dinner, which, by the way, dinner in the needle is awesome. Top notch. But he's been on the roof. You've been in there alone. Like, somehow I'm on, like, the, the <laughs> shitty little end of this awesome totem pole. <laughs> True. Uh, I have not had it shut down on my behalf yet. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was just a, a victim of circumstance. It was pretty cool, though. Uh, all right. So let's see. Uh, <laughs> over the weekend. Uh, oh, I know what I want to get to. Do I want to... Do we want to put Matt to work first, or do we want to talk a little bit about the weekend first? Oh, I heard about this. To work? I got a project or something. Yeah. Well, all right, so let's get into it. All right. It's episode one, 105, right? Oh, but I know what you're talking about. 2015 has been the year of the hustle. Matt, do you remember what episode we started talking about, year of the hustle? No, but I could do some math later and look at it and figure it out. Probably around the 60s, uh, probably 70s, mid, late 70s, I would guess. All right, so right, so so last year that was like uh, no more resolutions. This was just be the year of the hustle. Every day we hustling. So one hustle I hadn't really thought about, and I won't lie, your boy's been a little tired, been a little down <laughs> since Burning Man. The hustle's not been as strong in me. I have I freely put that out there. Uh, but it came to my attention. There's a, a local uh, news station in town, King Five, and then they have a Best of Western Washington uh, competition every year. With all different categories. So your best hot dog, your best restaurant, best whatever. Your best podcast. There's a best podcast. There's best a best local, local podcast. podcast. Guess who wasn't submitted? The Whoa. podcast. What do you even do here, dude? <laughs> what do you actually... I'm getting my own headphones. I grabbed the broken ones, by the way. They've already cut out twice. It's like, <laughs> what, what do you do? I got my own water today. Okay. Yeah. That was BS. I no, got Ted over there. Ted over there isn't even drinking cup. water. Not only that, he said, he said, he didn't even get you the cup. He said, by the way, the cups are by the water. Yeah. Yeah, the I remember when the, guy used, the yeah. guy used to walk him into the office. He, he seemed, honestly, he seemed annoyed that he even had to come get, get me in the lobby today. Yeah. He gave me the eye roll. I was like, hey, Cobb. <laughs> Ted's on, Ted's on the deck. We hugged it out, man. Ted's on the deck. What about that hug, man? <laughs> Fuck you. But look at, <laughs> look at what's happened to the guy over the years. I mean, now he's CEO. There's all this talk about this and that. He's doing nights. He's a regular on the station now. Uh, he's got these crazy weekend stories. He's banging strippers. Yeah. I'm living. And we're just grinding it out in the salt mine. Yeah. Anyhow, so this competition. So, so Matt, we, I, it might already be too late. I don't know. But the point is, do you know who the number one best local podcast is? Us. No, it's the goddamn Migscast. According to that. Our arch rival and nemesis, you the Migscast, dude. How could you? All right. I'll, so <laughs> what's my project? Submit to that? We Right. We need the podcast in there. And then I think we- How do I submit? Do, do I just say like, hey, we're At a this pod- point, you need a picket sign or, or something I, in front well, of King 5, man. We got to go saying, guerrilla warfare, Why dude? is he talking about old episodes? Do I go back through the, the archives and like put together a best of and we're send it in there? We're saying you ain't been hustling. The, the old episode has oh. nothing to do with us being submitted. Oh, I thought you were saying like you put together a best of 2015, you send it in there and you're like, hey, bitches, check out how good we are. And I could do that, but all right, fair enough. He's getting defensive can on you, us. Can you talk no, to him? I, I said, can't talk I to him. Sub- can you talk I to him, Ted? I just said fair enough. That's not being defensive. That's saying, hey, you're right. Oh, you're projecting on it. me. Don't project on me. <laughs> Ted, can you talk to him? I can't talk to him right now. I will. Here's the deal, Matt. I'd really like that. I think I think the podcast listeners would like that. Okay. I think all the LARPers out there would enjoy it. Right. And frankly, it's the year of the hustle, so I think we need to stay on it. Okay. I think, you know what I'm saying? We, we backed off a little bit. We, you, cool, man? We got sloppy in the summer. I agree with you. <laughs> oh. I can't look right at him right there now. With you. Go ahead. 
We did get a little sloppy in the summer. But hey, it was a beautiful it's summer. It's like the first week of this fall, man. I'm readjusting my bearings, all right? You know what? I mean, I don't want to have to do this. It sounds like a lot of talking behind that mic. I need action, son. All right. <laughs> uh, share prices are down, dude. I thought, okay. Our share prices are crumbling. And quite honestly, I was going to buy a summer home. What am I supposed to do now? <laughs> I didn't. It's gonna be stuck in the city yeah. all summer. It's all paper money, dude. I need those stock prices all ones to rise. And zeros, man. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, now you know what happened was KSW, the official Twitter for uh, the Rock, sent out a tweet that was like, "Hey, make sure you support the Greek Geek Nation or uh, or the Migs Cast." Come on, right now, look. It's, it's, it's common knowledge now that we are all friends with Steve and Rev and everybody from the Migs cast. Nick. And she, right, Nick, Top Coffee. Show. Now, and we like BJ, we like Vicky, Rev again. We did. Right. But, like, I don't know, man. It just struck a chord with me, and it was like, what, number one, and why aren't we in this? Like, how do we not have a, even, like, a thing up there? there I mean, there's podcasts. I, I know some of these podcasts. It's two dudes in a garage. <laughs> Right? Like, if I didn't listen to their podcast, you know what I mean? They'd have zero views in a I've week. I've seen behind the curtain. Right? And they're beating us right now. They're not even beating us. They're laughing right. at us. I'll put together a Twitter campaign. We have our own orgy, man. <laughs> we gonna have- that's what I'm saying. We're worried about some dumb list. Who cares? We got an orgy. Yeah, but that's... I. I okay. I- okay, would you rather go to the orgy of just some random guys who, who talk in a room together? Or would you rather go to the orgy, the exclusive orgy of the best damn podcast in Western Washington. Okay. May makes point. All right. So you guys want it to be official? I mean, do you want fives or tens? At this, well, maybe sevens. Do you want fives or sevens at the orgy? Oh, okay. Because uh, <laughs> if you want sevens, we got to be best of Western Washington. All right. I thought best in all the land kind of encompassed Western <laughs> Washington. It's time to prove it. Yeah. All well, right. You're right uh, about uh, that. A couple of years ago when we first started this, and Miggs was entrenched in that battle for number one. That was like two or three years, two years ago, I think. <coughs> Ted said he didn't want to do it. So I was just like, oh, Ted still doesn't want to do it. But I could have brought it up. There's been two rounds of voting since then, last year and this year. And both times I was just like, oh, whatever. Were you aware of it? Last, I, I know this has been a recurring theme. I haven't checked out anything this year or whatever. I don't know what's going back on. Wait, so you gave him the pass two years ago? Yeah. That's pretty fair, man. I can't be mad about that. Yeah, I mean, I, well, and, well, I mean, I will say too. I've got we're kind of giving you a hard time. No, I know. Here. I mean, it wasn't like I looked at it. I, and went, I can't believe Matt didn't nominate us. <laughs> I know, but I just saying, I like, I want you. I do want you to nominate us now. Okay, but I am like done. Like some of the radio stuff on there. Like somebody nominated the men's room. I can tell you the men's room didn't do it, and the picture is super old. I have hair. Uh, but, like, some people on there, I'm shocked at. Like, Cobb was like, who's that? And I was like, this is a chick that doesn't even work in radio anymore. She's nominated. So That's now, cute, Is there a radio one, too? There's, There's a radio one. And a podcast one? Yeah, you should nominate yourself for the radio one. Oh, I should. <laughs> but the podcast, I mean, we, we got to get some votes. We got, right. Oh, and, we'll get votes. And we need to bring goddamn Migs down a level. Yeah. Bring him back to Earth. Taste our pain, Migs. I'm not even worried about the geeks. Okay. So what happens when the Megacast submits to that? Or are you guys going to call a truce on that? You know what? You let mom and dad worry about that, all right? (laughs) (laughs) 
It's a mom and dad problem. And mom and dad will figure Stay that out. Stay out of the bed. We'll, we'll figure that out. Go to your room. <laughs> Dude, what are you still doing? Up. <laughs> I don't know, Matt. That's a fair question. Uh, <laughs> you guys both uh, You guys both had some pretty wild weekends, right? Who, me? <laughs> me? I'm just trying to save you. You want to talk about it, we can talk about it. Talk about what, the weekend? No, no, no. Wait, did you still want to talk about the mom and dad thing? The whole no, podcast no. thing? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Let's talk weekends. Uh, so uh, Friday night I went down and did a little uh, meditation retreat. Uh, pretty good. I feel like spiritually, I feel like I'm finally clean from uh, Burning Man. Like, I didn't think spiritually I was kind of filthy until I went down there. And then I was like, oh, man, I needed to get that out. Your chakras were misaligned. Uh, they were. <laughs> so then the complete opposite of that. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Still fighting this little, uh, the end of the, dude. So last week, or a week ago Friday, I got hit with a pretty car, hard cold, right? Mm-hmm. So last few days, like I feel so much better, but I just have like this nagging cough at the end that I'm just trying to get rid of. Just sucks. Mainly because when you try to smoke marijuana, you cough more. And the fact that you talk for a living. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that's important too. <coughs> there we go. Uh, so Saturday I go down, and I'm going to be doing the uh, uh, MC in the uh, Super Fight League America, formerly Cage Ward MMA, the Brian Howquest production. Uh, first of all, Tacoma, I say it every time. Me and my buddy Saul always go to this restaurant called Asado on 6th Ave. A little pricey. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a higher-end restaurant, but it is delicious. Saul is fucking cool, by the way. Yeah, I like that dope. guy. Uh, and they have this lamb shank that is just phenomenal. Just trust me. Get there early. They open at four. Me and Saul get there around four oh five. Get the lamb shank. I got. Does it just? Do you just pull the bone right off of it? Hundred percent. Oh, I love. What that. exactly is a lamb shank? Uh, it's part of the shoulder, I believe. All right. So it's like if you cut out. I think it'd be like if you ripped out like this part of my shoulder, that would be the Ted shank. And then oh, you're okay. You're grabbing this bone right here. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what I'm telling you. Like you've had other stuff that's slow cooked and it falls off the bone. But this thing literally does. It's phenomenal. I've had a lamb shank like that where they're like, just grab the bone and it'll it'll slide right off. It's yeah. amazing. Butter, beans. It's dope. Uh, How are the fights? So we go to the fights. Uh, the fight's uh, pretty exciting. Uh, they're filming it for a network. They're going to uh, basically like a pilot episode. So they have the jib camera there, which is like the giant arm one that goes over. Uh, the ca- And then the bottom of the cage now is red, which just kind of jumps out at the eye. Is that just to hide the blood or... No, I think they just, Super Fight League has it in their colors. The red is like the dominant one. Oh, okay. So they want it in there. So we get there, and the first thing is like, everybody's kind of on edge. Like it's, a, it's much higher production level, so there's a lot of moving parts. And they're like, all right, Ted, here's the deal. We got six ring card girls this time. Is that okay? Are you cool with that? You don't have to use them. You just want to walk down the ramp by yourself. And I'm like, it's cool. I'll take all. If I want to come out by myself, just sweaty, <laughs> nervous with a piece of paper, or if I want to come out with six <laughs> bikini-clad ring girls on my side, yeah, no brainer. And yeah. the one, dude, right? And there's <sighs> one that they like fly up from LA that is just like the A plus pro talent. Fly up from LA, correct? She so is. She like, is a professional hot chick. I introduce yes. her as like the head ring card girl. The like, ring. She's they're a all professional hot chick. That's all she does. They're all in black. She's in red. Yeah, he, it was so funny the way you're like, we got all these ring girls, and then we got, like, <laughs> yeah. she got her own introduction during the ring girl introduction. Wow, she's the ring girl. Yeah, it's like, we got these five, and then check out this one. Yeah, like legit LA-10. <sighs> legit LA-10. Dude, yeah. guys were, after the fight, guys were just like, 
straight up taking pictures of her ass while she was standing in the ring, like taking pictures with all the all the sponsors and whatnot. There's just like I saw three different guys within a two minute span, just like just snapping creeper shots. How old was shots. this girl? Oh man, like twenty twenty. Oh yeah, I was gonna say twenty five. Wow. Dude, not only that, this will even make it worse for you. The chick is hella dope. Like she's like oh. legit, just kind of nice and like chit chats, like like not an act at all. Like at first you're kind of like, oh, that seems like a really nice act, and then I was like, oh man, it's just a chick. Uh, so they're like, all right, so you're gonna have six ring card girls, cool. And then they're uh, the guys like, and this is uh, our DJ. Like you'll introduce her, and I'm like, all right, uh, she was attractive. I don't know what the look on my face said, but he was like, yeah, her name's DJ Wednesday. And then he goes, by the way, that's my daughter. <laughs> I was like, oh, loud and clear, sir. <laughs> Copy that, boss. Right. Uh, by the way, that's my daughter. Yeah. It's like when that guy stared you down. I was like, she's 18. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it was so like, I was like, I'm like, I don't know if my mouth opened or what I said. Uh, she was from L.A., may have had some uh, uh, very nice additions to her, uh, yeah, to herself. I gotcha. Uh, so, <clears throat> so then we open up the show. Uh, everything's cool. They do four fights. And then in between, they're, they're trying to decide if they want to do, like, an uh, intermission. Like, if we're actually going to take an intermission. And they're like, but we want you to, like, amp everybody up before we start, like, broadcast or before we start taping. So right before this fight, and this is as the fourth fight's going on, I'm like, well, look. Why don't we just take the break, like have her play some music, and then I'll come back in and fire everybody up. And they're like, that's a great idea, Ted. And as we say that, the other fights end, Other fights are ending, and you hear Kenny, uh, Kenny Davis, uh, the, the ring announcer, going, all right, now back into the cage, the Ted Smith. <laughs> so they're like, just go in there and BS. And I was like, this I got. <laughs> so I just like run into the stage, like, go get a drink, blah, blah, blah. The DJ's going to play for a while. Meet me right back here. So then uh, – so then it's like, all right, you're coming back down the ramp, all six girls again, right? I'm like, this is, this is awesome. Yeah. So then they're like, you're coming in hot. Yeah. So I'm like, do I like? I don't have another intro, and they're like, oh, what song do you want? So spur of the moment, you know, I asked for the weekend. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's all we've been listening to. And they're like, the weekend. I was like, yeah, I can't feel. My and they're like, oh, all right. And then, uh, so then, like, as we're lining up the girls, now we're chit chatting, chit chit chatting, chit chatting with the young women. And I go, yeah, this was like my theme song at Burning Man. I heard it so many times. Boom. Stage is set for your boy, the Ted Smith, to be the coolest dude the rest of the night. Those chicks were like, you have been, you were at Burning Man? Yeah, I just got back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then one girl like chimes in with like, I really like that you picked The weekend. I like this song a lot, too. <laughs> I have been to the promised land. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Uh, so went back, did another announcement, and then the fights were good. Unfortunately, our boy uh, Drew lost. Ah. <sighs> <laughs> uh, by submission. So that wasn't awesome. The other unawesome thing about that is I like Drew. He's a good friend. But, like, I saw him backstage, like, right after the loss, and I'm just like, I had no idea what to say to the man. Yeah. You know, like, obviously, you know, he takes it in stride. It's part of the part of the game or whatever. But, yeah, felt felt bad. But, you know, these things happen. Yeah, at least he didn't lose by, like, KO or something, you know, just a, a beat down. There was a brutal knockout in that like third fight, I think. Yeah. The one right before the girls. Yeah. Yeah, there were some good fights, man. Yeah. So and- Ted, rumors were circulating on the street that uh that you may you may have gone out on the town in Tacoma. Yeah. You wanna so- talk about it? Yeah. So afterwards, right? 
So this guy George that runs it, the guy whose daughter is the DJ. This guy George Chung, by the way, unreal dude. Seven degree black belt. Uh, he's famous for like his machine gun punching on YouTube. George Chung, look him up. He also has a Super Bowl ring from the '94 Niners because the coach hired him as like a special assistant. What? So, right. So afterwards, it's like, and they get me a hotel down in Tacoma. Hotel, uh, this what was it? The Serrano, awesome hotel. But they're like, so everybody's like, you got to come out. So George's like, you got to come out. Girls are coming out. Blah blah blah. Is it the Murano? Yeah. Oh, the Murano. Yeah. Same street the Cobra Lounge is on. <laughs> Dope little area. Yeah. Yeah, the Murano. Nice hotel. Uh, so we just go to like the Ram or whatever. But it's just funny sitting there at a table and like. Uh, the guy, Bill, who owns it, who's a billionaire. And then it's like all the ring card girls and me. So I just sit in the middle. Uh, plus the announcers from Showtime. I forget the guy's name, but if you saw him, you'd recognize his voice. Uh, just a really fun night. Interesting stuff. I did all right. I, I just had to keep chatting, man. It's like the ring card girls are there. Some people are talking to them. Some are not. And I was in the middle. So I'd, I'd open the conversation. I was like, I'm just sticking with it. Plus, like, yeah, it was just awesome. I never really looked cooler in my life. Yeah, and then just chilling with seven professional hot chicks and, and a billionaire. billionaire. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fun, man. That's awesome. Not dude. only that, when I got back to the hotel, I had a six-pack of Miller Lite with me, and I get in the elevator, and this couple gets on, and that, that Murano is real nice. Like, they have weddings there, and I go, oh, you can tell they're just coming back. Like, how was the wedding? And they're like, it was pretty fun. Like, we did this and that. And the guy goes, are you the Ted Smith? I was like, yeah, man. He's like, oh, I love the show. And I go, do you guys have beers? And they're like, no. And I'm like, take two beers. <laughs> Dude, that's so dope, right? I love blowing people's minds like that. Uh, just like a, a quick, tiny story. You know um, our buddy Big Daddy? Yeah. He started the hot dog cart down in uh, Nashville. Well, Daddy's he, dogs. Yeah, Daddy's dogs. He started this little hot dog cart, and I've been kind of just coaching him over the phone, whatever. And uh, over the weekend, some guy approached the cart and was like, oh. Five dollars for a hot dog? Like, get out of here. They can't be that good. And daddy's like, they're great, dude. Easily worth five dollars. The guy's like, whatever. Walks off. D- the daddy makes him the top dog. It's like their seven dollar, like crazy dog with all the fixings, whatever. Walks up and just hands it to the dude, walks away. About ten minutes later, so daddy just doesn't think anything of it, goes back, dude. He's hustling. Biggest night they've had, a thousand dollars. Um so he's hustling, dude. Guy comes back up, just drops a ten and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yep. That's awesome. I know. <laughs> uh, speaking of cash money, uh, CEO playing games down at the casino. Yeah, yeah. I So I got there early, and I, I went through the casino to get a soda, and I saw the roulette table, and it was calling my name. So I sat down to play a little roulette because I had some time before the fights. And I sit down, I bet on five numbers on the inside, and 24 for Marshawn Lynch hits first spin. And I was like, I'm out. Like, I'm here for the fights. I, I'm done. And so I take take that money, go watch the fights. Is that 32 to 1? Is that what it hits at? I don't remember, but I put I had to put some money out there. So I had like 20, 24. I think it's 36 to 1. Total or whatever. Yeah. It, it's something. And <laughs> it's something. Like, I there's don't some know, numbers man. and stuff. Yeah. I don't really pay attention. Dude, I go, to, I go, I sit down at the roulette table, and I bet on players' numbers that I like from the Seahawks and the Kings. That's my... That's a winning and, strategy. And I love it. And it's it's worked pretty well so far. I don't want to jinx myself, but... Uh, you won 20 bucks. Yeah, I knew when to walk out. I knew when to walk away. So I got up, I left, I went back to the, uh, to the fights, and then during the intermission, I was walking around, I saw that big wheel with the dollars on it, like the dollar bills, 
that's always at the front of the casino. And there's only one because the odds are terrible. And it, I've never played that, but it was calling my name. And then I went back after the fights to actually try it. Put $1 out on the $20 bill, which it, you hit, it's 20 to 1 odds. And I hit one of the two 20s on it. Just one spin. So you got like, paid to go watch stage like, fights. Out! All right, so he's yeah. 40 bucks up. And then he, right. Then on the way the- home, I was like, oh, I got to get some food. I go to Johnny's in Fife, which is the same people that own Johnny's Seasoning Salt. I don't know if you knew that. Did not know that. Yeah. So I saw them, and I'd heard that, and I always wanted to check it out. And it's in a Motel 6 parking lot. There's a dive bar inside of it. What? Just funny. Like, people can't tell. Matt, for some reason, when he tells stories, looks directly at Cobb. Like, you never even glance over here. Oh. And then... Well, I already told you this. I know, but it's just funny. Like, you're so intense on him. And then you're just like, Johnny's. You know, I don't know if you know if you knew that. And Cobb just kind of... I did not know that. <laughs> Cobb knows a bunch of random shit like that. No, I know. It's just funny. Like, I wish people could be sitting in my seat. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So, it's... I, I go in, I sit in the bar. It's an old, dimly lit dive bar with a bunch of regulars that are old timers singing like these crooning songs. <coughs> and it was cool. So I, I ordered uh, the French dip. Amazing. The waitress was like, this is what you want. So I got it. It was great. And then I finished it and I wanted to keep hanging out because I liked the vibe. And there's pull tabs back there. And this seemed like the pull tab type of place, which I don't usually play. And uh, one of them said, like, does them having pull tabs make it a pull tab type of place? <laughs> well, Thank you. it's all right. It's, it's like the type of place that would have pull tabs. It's since, a dive well, bar inside of a diner inside of a Motel 6 parking lot in Fife. I was feeling the pull tab vibe. Yeah, so, I love playing pull tabs, man. Strategic I've never played them before. I've never played them before. And so there was one that was like, we're leaving this up until someone wins $500, which I was like. You guys can just take them down before someone wins the jackpot and just take your profits. That's, that's a solid business model. Uh, yeah, that's why so, lotteries are illegal. They make so much money. Really? Like, okay. pri- private lotteries are illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, they call it a tax on, on the dumb. That's all the <laughs> lottery is. Insane mm-hmm. amounts the, of money. The old school gangsters used to just run numbers. And then the states finally went, you know what? This is a great We're going to do that. Yeah, we're gonna we're do in. This. I'm surprised they haven't taken over sports betting. Um, anyways, so... I was like, oh, I'm going to play those pull tabs. I It was like 50 cents each, uh, so I I bet 20. That was the most you could buy on that because they had a limit. Uh, a lot of people just like buy a ton, I guess. Uh, so I got 40. I got through like 35 of them, had, had won five $1 bills, and then I pulled one open for 125 bucks. Nice, dude. So I ended up like over 150 up for the night on two spins of wheels and pull tabs. It's just astronomical odds all over the place. Wait, how are Which, you? Hold on. How are you over one fifty? Wouldn't that put you at one fifty? Because you you won twenty dollars, then you won twenty dollars again, then you spent twenty dollars on pull tabs, I, which puts you down to twenty again. Then you won one hundred and twenty five dollars, put you at one forty five, and then you won five one dollar tabs. I won exactly one hundred fifty dollars. Okay. I did not run the numbers. I was like, I won like twenty bucks at roulette. I won exactly twenty bucks on the spinny thing. Gotcha. And I won one thirty at the pull tabs but i did spend 20 to get that what'd so, you do yeah. after you won i tipped the waitress well i and then i bounced i was done i'd i'd watched enough karaoke and was just feeling good and about life smash cut to sunday and you're in a suite at this hawks game rubbing yeah. elbows with who knows god knows who yeah 
Wow. Whose suite you, were you in? Uh, American Express. Nice. Who was in there? Anybody fancy? Uh, besides my dad. <laughs> that sounded terrible. I know. We, uh, yeah. We've watched you slowly become a rock star before our eyes. I know. Banging strippers, hanging at suites, winning money, going to casinos, was... watching cage fights, comp tickets. It was a good weekend. Wow. And then I had dinner at the Needle. And then you had Sunday dinner night. at the Needle, dude. Just a, just a normal Sunday for you. Oh, by the way. The normal Sunday. All, I, for- I did my laundry. That's what I did this weekend. They changed the menu a little bit for the seasons, and now the steak that I got comes with fagua. So I have had it. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I ate uh, seat light seafood on Sunday. Is fagua seafood? No. Okay. It's the liver of a goose. That's what I thought. I was like, I know geese go in ponds sometimes. I think he was just mentioning, like, also baller dishes. Okay. Continue. Sorry. Thanks, man. Well, no, I just didn't know. <laughs> I'm new to the Fogwa game, and so I didn't know if it was classified as seafood. Well, no. I mean, nothing that. <laughs> it's just the way you said that. Well, I was just saying, I ate seafood on Sunday. Okay. And it was quite delicious. Where'd you go? Uh, just down at the cone. Well, me and my buddy were going to go get uh, brunch, and then the Seahawks were on, so it was way too crowded to go to this bar. Did you go to Seaforts? No, I went to a place called the Lobster, Sh- Lobster Shop. Is it right down there on the water? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a couple of cool little restaurants down there. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. But uh, as a mailender, I warned my buddy, like, when we get there, like, just so you know, it, I will be sitting there cracking crabs for a while. And he was kind of like, yeah, 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 I get it. And then, like, halfway through, he was like, all right, I got to get some. Like, like <laughs> they always take too long. Cause, and keep in mind, you know me. Every time I bust open a leg and I can pull out the whole hunk, I'm, like, holding it up like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Very pleased with myself whenever I can eat crab uh, successfully. Because you got to be careful, man. Like, I know uh, some people listen to this on the East Coast. Uh, hopefully, most of you are in Western Washington. Don't forget to vote for us in the King 5 Best of Western Washington. <laughs> yeah, we'll be up there by the time this is released. We'll see. We'll see, man. Are you about to plug the Maryland blue crab? Because I still want to try that. <clears throat> no, I was just going to say that, like, right, in Maryland, you eat smaller crabs, blue crabs, and you eat a bunch of them, but you sit there forever. So, like, out here, people, Marylanders might look at those big crab legs and be like, wow, I bet it's easy to get the meat out. Now, while it is easier, you still have to have some finesse. You know, you got to crack that thing correctly because I don't want it to be broken. I want that, that piece of meat in one hunk. Yeah, you can't have a crappily cracked cra- crab leg. No, sir. <laughs> uh, Cobb, you got a couple emails over there for us? Dude, yeah, we got some emails. All right, um, oh, Let's see here. Okay, the, uh, the cop topic last week was some crazy one about a bunch of different pills people could take, right? <coughs> Correct. Was that that? So there like was the like the limit, limitless, limitless, limitless. Um, yeah, that was two weeks ago. Last week was what would you watch an HBO special on? That's right. All right, so all right, cop topic, parentheses pills. Uh, well, being taller is rather pointless for me as I'm six four, but it's definitely between brain power and animals. I would have to go with talking to animals. The possibilities are endless. I could bribe birds to poop on people I don't like for starts, or using flies to spy on things. P.S. Damn it, guys. Now I want to go to Burning Man. You guys are making it sound like the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. I think you guys had that effect on a lot of people, myself included. (laughs) I do want to just put out a warning there to people. Like, it is a very intense environment, though. Like, you've heard me and Cobb tell the fun stories, but, like, I just, like, like you can't just run out there and set up shop. I only say that because this year at Meltdown, 
I definitely ran into some people who like they were they were cool, they were chilling, but you could tell they they weren't uh I think I don't think they were mentally prepared for for all that festival life has. So like um, like same thing with Burning Man. I know we're making it sound and it is fucking awesome, but just know there there's a lot of work involved too. The desert chews people up and spits them out. I mean, we prepped for two months, and like, just think about two foot—a place where you have to put two foot rebar stakes pounded into the ground to hold your structure there. And we got obliterated. So, like, you bring a camping tent, you're gonna die. You bring <laughs> yeah. a regular camping tent, you will not live through the festival. You yeah. don't bring—I mean, how many gallons of water did we bring? Thirty-five. Thirty-five of those, you know. So we have those those giant. Um, Giant bottles. We had five gallons. Seven, seven yeah, of those. So you gallons. put on the coolers in your yeah. in your yeah. apartment. Yeah. Seven giant bottles of water. We had tons of food and just yeah, sunscreen, big tent, ratchet straps, everything. Like we prepared re- extensively and we got crushed. So like remember, it is survival camping in one of the most brutal environments I've ever been in. Right, literally one of the most inhospitable places on earth for a human to live. Yeah, I mean, I had to soak my feet every night in uh, white vinegar and water. Of which, like, we barely had enough white vinegar and water uh, just to keep them from cracking. And they still ended up cracking. Whoa. Yeah, I should have done it with my hands. My hands are still peeling. Yeah, dude, they get so dry. I mean, it is it my is My feet brutal. are okay, but. Yeah, it's not for the meek. Like, the reason yeah. it's so cool and fun and everyone's out there is because, like, there's a, there's a camaraderie that comes with surviving against those brutal type of elements. So don't take it lightly. If you're trying to go, you need to do some serious research and start prepping in, like, April. Yeah, yeah. I just want to put that warning out there to people. Speaking of inhospitable conditions, I did some research on Wim Hof, like you were talking about. That guy's dope. So I just want to put that out there. Did we talk about Wim on the podcast? No, No, we we talked about it after we saw Everest this week. Dude, Ted, do you know about Wim Hof? No. I'm going to divert for just a second here. It's this dude that I'm obsessed with. See, now you see, that's how I talked about him, too. All right, Matt and I last week went to see Everest. We'll talk about it a little bit in the cop topic this week, but. Basically, you know, they show how brutal the conditions are. And then I was like, yeah, but you heard that uh, Wim Hof did it in shorts, right? And that's like, what? Like, did it in shorts? No. I was like, dude, this guy, Wim Hof, holds the world record. He has, holds 20 world records, one of which is for sitting in ice water the longest. So he's got this, so, uh, he's got this meditation technique that he calls inner heat. And basically, he's all about the meditation, man. He like just goes goes deep within himself and whatever. He climbs mountain in sh- mountains and shorts all the time. So he's done all these superhuman feats. He ran a um, an ultra marathon in the desert in 110 degree heat with no water. He uh, swam. Ben- he swims beneath glaciers. One time he was swimming and his retina started to freeze because it was so cold, and he started to black out because he couldn't see. Uh, just all these extreme. How can I, he swim underneath a glacier and not die? He, they drill two holes and he swims from one to the other. It was like sixty feet or something like that. Uh, he ran a full marathon above the Arctic Circle. You can hold his in breath shorts. for like ever. Just insane, insane, insane accomplishments out of this guy. So basically, um, they started uh, they started to do this research, and he was like, "Hey, just test me." He was like, "I'm not a I'm not a scientific freak of nature. It's just it's this meditation." So they did all these tests, and they're like, "All right." You say that you can control your autoimmune system. An autoimmune system is the part of your immune system that happens automatically, right? So things like getting a fever or um, I can't think of anything else right now. Sneezing, sure. Responding yeah. adversely to some awful drug. Yeah, headache, yeah, whatever else. Headache, fever, sweating, all those things. So things that you, you can't control. And he was like, yeah, I can control my autoimmune system. So I said, okay, we're going to inject you with this bacteria. This bacteria is known to make humans 
vomit violently, feel incredibly ill within an hour. He said, okay, great, let's do it. Laboratory setting, have everyone watch. He goes into his meditation and, uh, and they inject him with this stuff. He just, he feels a slight fever rising. Like his temperature went up like two, uh, or it was like 0.2 degrees or something. Then he just brings it back down. No other adverse results. So then they were like, all right, we're baffled by this guy. He's a scientific anomaly. He's a freak. We don't know. And he, he was like, no, man, it's all about this crazy meditation. He's this Dutch guy. It's all about this crazy med- med- meditation that I do. He's like, I can teach it to people. And they were like, BS. There's no way. He was like, okay, give me 12 days. You pick out, I think it was 10 or 12 people. I think it was 12 people. Yeah, and you pick out. Did it, they, they were ready in four days. Yeah, they ended up being ready. In four, dude, can you get there? Okay. It's like, give, give, me, give me like two weeks. Uh, you pick out 12 people and I'll, I'll prepare them and we'll do this test again so we can show that it's not just me. Like, all right. So four days later, he felt they were ready. So these students come in, uh, the students that he had trained come in, they inject each of them with this bacteria, no adverse reactions. All of them just go into this deep, crazy meditation. So I was telling Matt, uh, I was geeking out and I was basically like, dude, I'm all about this guy. I was looking in, you can go train with him. So like there's no he, kidding. He, uh, like, if you email him, I guess, like, and you come at the right time of year, you can go train and he'll basically, like, have you climb a mountain in shorts. Like, he just hosts you at his house. It's like a couple days in the Netherlands. And then, yeah. So, anyway. On his in, houseboat? On his houseboat. From the Vice documentary? Yeah. So, it's oh. so it's all about the inner heat, dude. So, I've been seriously considering, like, trying trying to go at some point in the next year. <sighs> train with the What's Hoff. What's his name? Wim Hoff. Wim Hoff. W-I-M-H-O-F. I'm not sure if there's two there's F's There's one F. There's a Vice documentary on him, and uh, look he was him up. on Tim Ferriss's podcast. And nice. He just like he's just proven over and over and over again that that this stuff works. Like it, it's insanity, dude. I don't know how to describe it, but just look. Have you tons of world records getting his method online? I saw that. I'd like to that. train with the master, man. Just do it in person. I feel like if you're gonna do it, you might right. as well do it properly. But it's like does... if you had the chance to meet Bruce Lee and train with him, would you not? Right. Well. I'm just thinking from an expense standpoint, you know, yeah, flying halfway across the world. Dude, just find out that someone like that exists. I almost feel obligated to go in that. That's a good him. point. Does he? How much does he charge? That I don't know. It's got to be expensive, right? I'm not sure. And then what? What are you saying, Matt? That he has like a, a DVD he puts out? He has like a 10 week online course that's like 200 bucks. That- oh, dude, yeah. I heard the. So he was actually kind of pissed about that. I guess his son. Was all about like trying to make money off, and he's like, "No, we should do it for free." Da, 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 da. I don't oh, know if really? it's like a marketing thing, but yeah, he was not. not well, because I that. I found that through the website that he was talking about on the Tim Ferriss yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. So he yeah. was talking about it. Yeah, this is like a couple so of years ago. He kind of endorsed it. Well, so yeah, like basically, his son is all about like making money and whatever else, and he's like this really low key oh, yeah. guy. He's kind of got like his, you know, I mean, he's a minimalist. He has his little houseboat, and he has everything he needs. His wife died, like a you know, five, six years ago or 10 years ago, I think. And like, that's when his life crumbled and he got all into this, whatever. So like, he's not really about the money, but his son was basically like, we need to capitalize on this. You've got all these world records. Da, 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 da. And so he tacitly approves of the, you know, of the online program. Monetization. Yeah. But like a true master, he's just like, dude, we just need to spread the word. Right. Yeah. Anyway. That's how most of that stuff goes. Yeah, for real. All right. Back to the email. Sorry for that tangent, but Wim Hof is the shit. Uh, what up, boys? Hope you had a good weekend. I recently went back and listened oh, to listen to the old podcast. Oh, and listen to the old pod- podcast <coughs> while I work. I'm a delivery driver for UPS, and it helps pass the time. Stuff you guys talk about cracks me up. MCDP, how's the horse cop? 
How's the horse cop career going for you? Horse cop career? I don't remember talking about that. Do you guys? I'm not sure I get that reference either. Horse cop. I don't know. Were you going to be a horse cop? I have I do I don't remember that at all. Uh Cobb, you never talked about your annual Lake Chelan trip. I'm guessing it didn't happen because of all the fires. Uh it actually actually did end up happening this year. We went to um uh Iniat, which is basically just on the other side from Chelan. It's a river a section of the river that they've dammed and uh it was great this year, man. Just camping trip. It was like late July, which usually we do in August. Um just a big grass field that a buddy of mine owns. Uh, camped out. We watched a lot of movies outside. He had a projector set up against the trailer that's on the property. Watched a lot of movies outside, just like a bunch, you know, maybe 15, 18 of my closest friends. So it was really cool. Uh, a little more chill. Very chill year this year. We're trying to transition into more activity based rather than just drinking and, you know, getting ridiculous. Right. So we're trying to do more hikes, more golfing. We did a lot of golfing this year. Well, mini golfing, actually. There's this, there's this incredible mini golf course that is like par threes, fours, and fives. Huge, like really nicely maintained course, fast greens, whatever. Like right? real, legit like real grass. Dude. Oh yeah, real grass. Like that they trim every morning. No kidding. Real legit, dude. Best mini golf I've ever played. Anyway, we played that three days in a row. It's eighteen holes. Nice. And uh, yeah. So uh, okay. Oh, and by the way, what the hell is this firecracker treat you guys speak of? Oh, you gotta look that up, man. Yeah, basically. Did well, we give that out? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell it. Yeah, oh, that's, that's no no club secret. Um basically what you do it's the fastest way to make and consume an edible and easiest and easiest so basically what you do uh what i've read anyway online never tried this at home is uh (laughs) you take two ritz crackers you put some peanut butter preferably the highest fat peanut butter you can find Uh, so look at the fat content on it'll make a difference put some peanut butter on one side of one cracker some peanut butter on one side of the other cracker and you're basically going to make them into a sandwich but before you do that Right in the middle, you put a little nug of weed. No, you want to grind it up, according to the internet. Oh, okay. Okay. So grind it up, whatever. Put it in there. <laughs> anyway. Cobb, explain that. No, you got that wrong. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> Sorry. I'm just trying Wait, to help the people. T- Matt, did I tell you how to make them? Was no. that me that taught you how to make them originally? Was that me or was I that did. not me? Because I don't really remember. You brought them to my attention. It's starting to I've get done hazy. extensive research. Since. All right. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> Wait, so it's all the internet? Man, look it up on the internet, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Anyway, you just make a sandwich. You wrap it in tinfoil. You put it in the oven. Look on the online for oven times. And within like uh, 18 to 20 minutes, you got an edible that will blow your mind. There you go. Oh, so the, good. The fat activates it. Okay. You uh, can use Nutella, too, according to the internet. Have you used Nutella? Yeah. All right. And it works. It's delicious. I think it tastes better. I'm a little late on the year of the hustle train, but I figured I'd join anyway. Don't worry, man. We're just getting back into it, too. Uh, Four weeks ago, I joined a gym and have been lifting weights and eating healthy five to six days a week. I feel great, but I was wondering if you guys could hit me up uh, and lend me some advice on fitness and eating, etc. Stay classy. From Kyle in Edmonton. Did that come out today, that email? Yeah. Uh, 929. Okay. I'll hit him back. I haven't checked my inbox, so I didn't see that one. All right. Otherwise, I would have gotten back to him. Word. I think the biggest thing is prepping all your food ahead of time, sticking to uh, like, uh, you know, like chicken and some um, or just like a, a lot of proteins, not so many carbohydrates, especially simple carbohydrates. But you can have some good like quinoa or like lentils, stuff like that. Makes a big difference. Matt, anything to add real quick? Vegetables. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And tons of vegetables. I didn't tons of vegetables. 
get them as snacks. Use uh, I go carrots and ranch. I get that yogurt ranch. It's like way less fat and stuff. Uh, celery and peanut butter, edamame. Oh, having for, 30, like, 30 grams snacks. of protein within 30 minutes of waking up makes a big difference too. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, work on your core strength. Lots of planks. I don't know. It all starts there. And respect yourself at all times. <laughs> yeah. I'll get more in depth with him on an email. I'm just yeah. like throwing out random little. No, but drink that's tons of water. That's that's. I was, the I was happy thing, you but... mentioned something, and you're like, oh, I'll get back to him. Like this is an audio medium. Yeah, yeah. You should probably. Okay, <laughs> my some. biggest things. All right, my biggest things <laughs> that I'm working on, and I, I'm putting together like a, a full on like actual program around this that I'm gonna start using on clients pretty soon here, and I've been uh, formulating it and like doing a bunch of research. But the main things. For me, uh, for nutrition, and I don't know a ton of that stuff, is try and keep it simple. Drink a ton of water, uh, way more than you think you need, and that'll curb your appetite substantially. And work on getting your hips and your shoulders aligned uh, and nice and mobile. And then lots of core strengthening exercises are like kind of where where you want to start is core strength and shoulder and hip mobility. I know everyone wants to jump right into the glamour muscles and everything. But that's that's where it all starts if you're trying to to get your long term fitness taken care of. That's two other nutrition tips. One in terms of curbing your appetite, uh, warm water works better. So like some tea or something if you're feeling hungry and you're trying not to eat. But make sure you're not under eating. It's all about eating the right stuff, not eating less stuff. So really, yeah. really uh, good stuff is is more important. And the other thing I was going to say is is be boring. Just eat the same couple of things every day. Eliminate the amount of choice you have to make. Multiple studies have shown that the number of choices you make in a day slowly breaks down that that muscle, that ability your to willpower. choose. Yeah, your willpower. So you're likely, if you're making more and more choices throughout the day, you're likely to make worse choices later in the day. So be <sighs> cognizant of that. And by planning your meals out, like I already know what I'm going to eat tomorrow for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And when you have that planned out and made ahead of time, it makes it a lot easier than having to make choices every single time. It's just like, hey, here's what I eat for breakfast, here's what I eat for lunch, here's what I eat for dinner, and these are the acceptable snacks. You know, and, and you're good to most, go. And I think most people, I think that's one thing that helps as a guy. Most guys I know can eat the same stuff just over yeah. and over and over. And if over. you can just, like, get get it all done on, like, one day of the week, like Sundays uh, are, are a big one. Everyone does meal prep Sundays and just get it all ready for the week. You know, take a couple hours with football on or whatever, you know, it makes it pretty easy. Throw some stuff in the crock pot. It's crock pot season. Yeah, cro- you know, I was going to say crock pot's the easiest way. It's easy. You you control what you're putting in there. It's it's real ingredients, and, uh, you know, you just set it and forget it, and then you can have a week's worth of... Different product, but whatever. Huh? Yeah, that's the daytime rotisserie uh, grill, dude. Set it and forget it. Yes, yeah, dude, exactly. <laughs> God, man. I mean, you know, you know it became just lexicon. Months. It became months. Somebody worked That's months on that. That's how you know it's a good marketing thing because it just became part of the general lexicon. Set it and forget it. I use that. I've used that term on That's a lot. That's not of a things. sign of good marketing. Yeah, you it don't is. know what the goddamn yeah, you don't product, know what the proper was. product was. Oh well, it was a good catchphrase. It, you can hit it with a hammer. You can do four off. Cornish game hens. You can do two racks of ribs at any time. Yeah. Well, a meal. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, oh, the other thing is 70 to 80% of, of, of getting in shape is eating correctly. Yeah. Like most of it is accomplished in the kitchen, not the gym. Keep that in mind. All right, there you go. That should be enough. <laughs> We're not going to tell them anything. We're going to tell them everything. Uh, all right. Uh, Wim Hoff, by the way, was the guy you were talking about earlier. If people want to 
uh, check him out. All right, now it's that time uh, for the cop topic. Boop, 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 boop. Cop topic. Cop topic. This week, uh, MCTP and I may or may not have uh, had some edibles and went to the Everest movie at in IMAX. I said may or may not. Yeah, I know. It doesn't give anything away. If the FBI is listening, don't worry, man. Here we go. I got you. Uh, went to see the Everest movie. Before going to it, I had kind of assumed that it was going to be a National Geographic wind blowing over the mountains. You know, like the snow on Everest can pile up to a thousand inches in a winter. You know, stuff like that. Thank God I watched the trailer. (laughs) Minutes before leaving because, Jesus, dude, it was a bloodbath, Ted. It was it was about the story. Uh, they wrote a book on it called Into Thin Air, that horrific season. I want to say it was 96 yeah. on Everest where uh, I don't even know the total number of people who lost their lives. But from one expedition, it was like it was like six, seven. <coughs> and it was all these separate incidents where basically people are pe- people were getting stuck without oxygen in bad positions. Uh, the weather came in hot. There was a couple traffic jams and uh, and people were trying to rescue other people. And the thing is, you're carrying dead weight. Uh, in a place where humans can't can't survive uh, for very long, for over 24 hours. So, yeah, you're trying to drag dead weight down down one of the steepest mountains uh, on the planet. So anyway, people start dying off, and it, it was a bloodbath, man. It was pretty intense. Uh, but one of the takeaways uh, was that uh, you know having the proper having the proper equipment is important, but also proper guidance. You know, so right. the main guide in the thing. Um, not to give anything away, but basically he he made a bad decision that ended up uh, he ended up dying because of it. You know, trying to get someone to the top who wasn't capable of getting there. So, um, with that, are you guys familiar with Sherpas? The idea of Sherpas? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, did you know that Sherpa is actually a family name? That's the last name of one family. All right. So it's Sherpas like, are the locals that carry yeah. the bulk of people's stuff up the mountain. Yes. So they guide them. They carry most of their stuff. So that's just one family is the Sherpas. So really? like Mr. Sherpa. Yeah. Like cousin Sherpa, like Ben Sherpa, Cindy Sherpa. It's just the Sherpas. It's this one ridiculous family. And they're, they're so good at this, at this like, you know, guiding of climb of elite climbers and carrying of stuff up hills that their name has become synonymous with that activity. The Sherpas. Yeah. So the cop topic this week, uh, who is the most badass family you know, and what do they do? Feel free to email us, email at thepodcast.com. Hit us up on the Twitter machine, at thepodcast. I mean, mine's pretty much a no-brainer, and it's simple. Granted, I'm wearing the guy's name on my wrist, but uh, uh, the Looney family. So, like, my buddy Brendan Looney that I went to high school with was a Navy SEAL, went to the Naval Academy, uh, played High school football at DeMatha, did not play lacrosse, went to the Naval Academy, ends up being like the captain of the lacrosse team by the time he graduates, and they lose in the national championship his senior year. Brennan, uh, unfortunately, uh, his SEAL team, or he got shot down and killed in action in Afghanistan. So his one of his younger brothers, who also went to the Naval Academy and also played lacrosse, took Brendan's spot on his SEAL team. And then they have a third brother who also went to the Naval Academy, who also played the cross, who's also now a Navy SEAL. The sister, Jesus. who's like the lightweight in the family, is the head lacrosse coach, I believe, at Harvard. Oh, my God. Yeah. The family is just sick. It's like, yeah, three of my brothers are Navy SEALs. What? Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Right? 
That's unreal. Yeah, that sounds like, oh, this is an easy one. Yeah. And Mr. Looney couldn't be a nicer dude. I remember when he was out here, I was like. He's training killers, man. Well, that's what I said. I said, Mr. Looney, I said, what did you do, like, growing up? Like, why? He goes, I don't know. I've never even shot a gun. (laughs) (laughs) All Dematha men, too. Should put that in there. Not just Navy SEALs, but yeah. (laughs) That's unreal, man. Yeah, the whole family is just dynamic like that. You know. I love families like that. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. Um... I'm trying to think. I definitely no one don't know any families like that. Uh, I know a few uh, like families that have had multiple people through the military, and that's always like, yeah, those guys are badasses. And then uh, the family that we used to like do all the the camping stuff with when we were younger, all the guy, all the boys knew all the that outdoorsy Boy Scout type stuff uh, when I was growing up, and that was always like. Yeah, th- this stuff's cool. And I was in L.A., and then I moved up here, and everybody's an outdoorsman. Uh, <laughs> and my butt, I mean... Even Ted's got a beard. <laughs> and then, I can set up I know a lot of, like, I know a lot of, like, badass mountaineering guys, but it's not, like, in their jeans or whatever. But I have <laughs> friends that go up and do some pretty extreme climbing and whatnot um, and are just always out in nature, and I just sit back, and I'm like, ah. So, No. You don't know any families. Not that are that badass, no. I would okay, say thank you. That, okay, damn, thank you. Damn. What do you got, Cobb? <laughs> Jesus, you're just waiting to one-up me. I was just like, how long, like, oh, I how love this. He's, how just, long? he's just grabbing at straws, and <laughs> I got this fucking ace up my sleeve. No, Mike, how, how long is he going to slam him? How long is he going to take us to tell him that his answer to the question is no? He does not know. No, no it, was not, it was not a yes or no question. It who was is a, the who most is? badass family? And it was none. I don't, there's not a single family I can Since name. Since when is not an acceptable answer to the cop topic? <laughs> See, I mean, at a certain point, you got to just cut yourself off. All right. Well, the only one I was going to say, the thing that made me think of uh, was not a uh, – I know t- uh, two families that are that are pretty badass, but what I was thinking of was the Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia, which have you guys both seen that documentary now? No. Uh, no, I've seen – Johnny the, Knoxville? Yeah, you've seen the, the original one, the, the original Dancing one. Outlaw? Yeah. Okay, so basically this family – we talked about it briefly on the cast, I want to say a couple weeks ago – this Did one we? we were talking about a Bernie man. I don't remember oh, okay. talking about it here. Okay. I don't so, remember. Great documentary. Highly recommend you watch it. Basically, there's this one family in I don't remember, I want to say it's Boone County, but I'm not sure what county they're in. And West Virginia. So yeah, so it's the it's the same county that basically there's there's three famous families in West Virginia. There's the Hatfields, there's the McCoys, and there's the Whites. So the Whites, uh, they have during the documentary, they ask the sheriff. Like what you know, what have they been convicted of? What what sort of crimes have they committed? He said that their family alone in this county, mind you, there's tons of cousins, aunts, uncles, are responsible for seventy percent of the crime. One family. And so they go, What what crimes have they committed? What did they do? And he goes, Well, how much time you got? <laughs> so they kind of look at him, he's like, Lawsony, grand lawsony, <laughs> theft. Grand Theft Auto, Battery, Murder 1, Murder 3, <laughs> like arson. And he just goes, just rattles off his list. So this whole documentary is just following this crazy family around. And uh, they're just, they're local celebrities because they're so, like, they're in and out of, in and out of the penitentiary all the time. Tons of kids, like, just complete, like, broken homes, you know, all of these different trailers, whatever. Anyway, fascinating documentary. That's a wild family. Yeah. Jessica White. Yeah, it's that's like right. The that's first the one, in the, in, right in the first movie, and then uh, Johnny Knoxville 
made like that updated version with all the rest of them. Yeah, and they're all addicted to opiates and all kinds of painkillers and whatnot, and just any sort of illegal hustle they're in for. Yeah, I mean, just like in the front yard, just like uh, uh, doing donuts in their trucks while they're all fucked up on booze and pills. <laughs> yeah, they and, like it's, it's right. There's no, there's no worries about anything. Yeah, and then one of the guys is shaking a pill bottle. And he's like, "Yep, that right there is the Boone County mating call." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. <laughs> it's yeah, so I remember when I first started working with Miles, he would be like, I have this movie, The Dancing Outlaw. And we were like, what are you talking Maybe we did talk about it in here. And it was just like when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God. Like, that's America? Like, did that exist in our country? And white people are scary. Yeah, they're living a different kind of life out there. Highly recommend it. Uh, all right, there you go. There's episode uh, 105. It still feels weird announcing episodes that start with 100. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it feels like, like we've, made, we've made it. You know? Yeah, we got See, somewhere. Are we gonna stop numbering them like that one guy said on the emails at one time? No, nah, I've always numbered them. Okay, you know, megacast. We don't number them, but you know, that's a different. It makes it game. easier to tell where you're at too if you're listening through. Yeah. Okay. Don't have bunny ears back there, dude. You're like the umpire with bunny ears. Well, one guy said this. You you brought up the point. You brought up an argument that would have strengthened his point. So I was just throwing it out there. All right. I like the number thing, all right? Some sort of a weird showdown developing between put, these two. I can't really. Put that on the record. I'm a fan like of the, the numbering numbers. system. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, we can talk about the numbering system. I'm trying to do the goddamn wrap up here. What are we still numbering them? Like, yeah, we're still fucking numbering them, man. I'm trying to get out of here. Uh, all right, this episode. What what do you got, Cobb? Now you're looking no, at I was going to say, all right, there you go. Episode whatever number. That's how you always do it. Like, yeah. There you go. Like, that's our best. That's all we got. We, we tried. That's what we, we got tried. for you. Uh, Matt may or may not be fired after this. And that's if we ever get nominated to be the best of fucking Western Washington. King Fox. You know what, really? I just want to beat Steve. Is it that hard? Can we beat Miggs? All right. Can we beat Miggs? Yes. That's all I'm asking here, folks. And look, I know a lot of you LARPers are also titanic douches. But you know what? You've been douching for years. Steve will be there. Abandon him on this one. Leave him. Leave him out to dry. Come over here with us. Come with me if you want to live. All right. There you go. For real. I'm ending it this time. Episode 105 for MCTP for Cobb. I'm the Ted Smith. This is the podcast. Cheers. <laughs>